Divine Shepherd Lutheran Church and School in Blackhawk, South Dakota, is happy to share God's Word preached for you by Pastor Randy Sturzenbecker. We pray that you will rejoice in Christ crucified and resurrected for you. The waters of baptism, the Lord's Supper, and the forgiveness of sins, all for you, from Jesus. He was a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. Now the Syrians, on one of their raids, had carried off a little girl from the land of Israel, and she worked in the service of Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, Would that my lord were with the prophet who is in Samaria? He could cure him of his leprosy. So Naaman went in and told his lord, Thus, and spoke the girl from the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he went, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten chains of clothes. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which read, When this letter reaches you, know that I have sent you to Naaman, my servant, that you may cure him of his leprosy. And when the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive that this man sends word to me to cure a man of leprosy? Only consider and see how he is seeking a quarrel with me. But when Elijah, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, he sent them to the king, saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Let him come now to me that he may know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and chariots and stood in the door of Elijah's house. And Elijah sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored, and you shall be clean. But Naaman was angry and went away, saying, Behold, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call upon the name of the Lord his God, and wave his hand over and place the cure of the leper. Are not the Abana and Farfar the rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in rage. But a servant came near and said to him, My father, it is a great word the prophet has spoken to you. Will you not do it? Has, <clears throat> has he actually said to you, Wash and be clean? So he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God. And his flesh was restored, like the flesh of all little child, and he was clean. Then he returned to the man of God, he and all of his company, and came and stood before him. This is the word of the Lord. Please read along with me the catechetical review found in the center portion of your bulletin. The fifth petition, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. What does this mean? We pray in this petition that our Father in heaven would not look at our sins or deny our prayer because of them. We are neither worthy nor things for which we pray, nor have we deserved them but we ask that we would give them all to us by grace, for we daily sin much and surely deserve nothing but punishment. 
so we too will sincerely forgive and gladly do good to those who sin against us. The epistle this morning comes from Matthew. Or, excuse me, the epistle comes from Romans. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you, always in my prayers, asking that somehow by God's will I may now at last seizing, or succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you, that is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I want you to know, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented, in order that I may reap some harvest among you as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for in its righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, and it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand as we sing together the gospel, alleluia. Epiphany from Matthew, the eighth chapter. When Jesus came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go and show yourself to the priests, and offer the gifts that Moses commanded for a proof of them. When he entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority, with soldiers under me, and I say to one go and he goes, and to another come and he comes, and to my servant do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, Truly I tell you that no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to the centurion Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed that very moment. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise. 
make the bold proclamation of our Christian faith using the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church, I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please be seated. I would invite all of our children to please come forward. Let's go over here to the middle. Good morning. Good morning. Morning, Levi. This morning in the in the gospel reading and in the Old Testament reading, we're talking about something. Do you guys know what leprosy is? What is leprosy? It's a disease. It's a disease you get all over your body and parts of your skin. They can become white and they get infected and it affects your fingers and your bones. Look at that. You have leprosy right there. Yeah, you, you were in Ruth's Sunday School class. When we have leprosy, it's something that, that we can't cure on our own. At that time, they didn't know how to cure leprosy. And it was a terrible disease. Both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament lesson, Jesus is dealing with this. Well, in the Old Testament, there was this guy named Naaman. And he was a really important guy, like a general. He really had a lot of power. And the prophet Elisha said to this guy, go wash in the Jordan and you'll be clean. And what do you think he did? Go. He went and washed and he got mad first. He thought that the prophet should make a big deal out of this. He thought the prophet should come and wave his hand over it or do something more instead of just going and washing in the water. But eventually, Naaman came to his senses, and he did what the guy said. He went, and he washed in the Jordan. And what happened when he washed? What happened to his leprosy when he washed? It went away. It's gone. Now, does that sound familiar? We have something that we can't cure, and somebody tells us to wash, and then it goes away. Does that sound familiar? Mm-mm. Does that sound familiar? We have something that we can't cure, and what is that? 
Uh, no, I don't have leprosy. Do you have? Well, you guys think you have leprosy, but we have something we can't cure. And, and God's word tells us that we are all sinners, right? And can you cure sin? Can you keep the Ten Commandments completely? No. We can't. We can try, but we can't do it well enough. So God says, wash and be clean. Now, he's not talking about leprosy. He's talking about washing in the water and his word combined. And God, through his word and the water, does a great thing. He washes away our Sin, just like the leprosy was washed away by the power of God's word, so also our sins are washed away in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And when we... That's right, we put the sign of the cross on them and we put that water across their head and we are reminded of that great baptism that God has given to us. He has forgiven all of our sins. He's washed us away, washed our sins away. And who has he connected us to? God. Yes, you're right. God on the cross whose name is right. And in Jesus, we're forgiven. All of our sins, everything is taken away. Just like Naaman, when he washed, he was clean and he didn't have leprosy anymore. When we're clean, our sins are forgiven and we're connected to Jesus And he gives us faith to trust in him. Well, let's go to our Lord in prayer, shall we? Dear Jesus, Jesus, thank you for washing us. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for for giving us faith to trust in you. In your name. Amen. All right. Thanks, guys, for coming up here. And we continue with the hymn of the day.
name of Jesus, amen. We pray. Father of grace and mercy, we thank you again for the power of your word. We pray, dear Father, that through your word you would continue to heal, to wash, and forgive us. Strengthen us now in the proclamation of your word, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. There couldn't be a better way to start off the sermon today than the words that we just sang in thy strong word. Thy strong word did cleave the darkness. At thy speaking it was done. That's the whole sermon right there as God proclaimed to Naaman. Go wash and be clean. And God's word always accomplishes what it sets out to do. The Old Testament lesson for today is really a story of pride and anger. And that's Naaman. It's an age-old story, though. And it plagues all of mankind. Even today, our relationship with our loving and merciful God is filled with pride and anger. We deserve more. We deserve better. As we're confronted with the reality of sin that brings disease and death, many times our reaction to God is, Why me? I'm doing it right. I deserve better, God. Why are you giving this disease to me? Or sometimes it's anger. We realize the consequences of sin, and we realize the consequences of our own sin. And what happens? Instead of repentance... We're angry at God for the situation that I've put myself in. You see, we can't get away from the anger. We can't get away from the pride that continues to want to push God away and elevate me to be the one that makes all the rules. Naaman was a powerful military commander. He was a highly respected man. He was used to doing this. Snapping his fingers and things happened. Speaking a word and armies mobilized. He was used to walking in the room and the people would part and greet him with honor and respect. But Naaman had leprosy, an incurable disease, a disease that inflicted pain and suffering. And Naaman's leprosy was a constant reminder to him that he was not all-powerful, that he could not do all things. Little did Naaman know, though, that God had put a very small missionary right in the middle of his world. Somewhere on the raids that his, his company had done, they had picked up a small Israelite girl, and she was at home serving in Naaman's family, serving with Naaman's wife. And this small Israelite girl, this missionary, gave great hope for Naaman. Would that my Lord would see the prophet in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. Naaman eventually did make his way to the prophet, and Elisha there met him. And then we see what pride and anger does. This powerful and highly respected military commander was met by Elisha's servant. 
with a message of hope and promise. The powerful promise of God was delivered right there to Naaman. Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored, and you will be healed. And Naaman was angry and stormed off. He expected more than just words. He expected that the prophet Elisha would come out and meet him personally because of his high position. He expected maybe some grand gesture from Elisha that would cause his leprosy to leave. When all he got were words from a servant, he was offended and he stormed off in a rage. Naaman's great fault is that he didn't believe in the power of God's word. He didn't believe that God's word can do what it says all by itself. As a result of that, Naaman was the one that walked away from having his leprosy healed because his pride got in the way. Naaman was the one that separated himself from the healing that Elisha promised because of his anger. You see, sinful, selfish pride always separates and it always kills. It kills marriages because one or the other are too proud to admit there are really serious problems in our marriage. They're too proud to admit that they and the other person together, it always takes two, are the problems in the marriage. They're too proud to admit that it's my fault and ask for forgiveness. So they blame the other one in order to protect their pride and they walk away. And the marriage ends. Sinful, selfish pride always kills. Today we celebrate Life Sunday. It's a joyous recognition that every single life that's given is a gift from God. That all life is precious. Every life is precious. No matter how the baby is conceived, it is always a gift from God. Every life, from natural birth until the time when the heart beats is last, is a life and a gift from God. It's also a day when we see the effects of sinful pride and not trusting in the word and the promises of God. A young girl finds out she's pregnant and she's counseled by maybe the baby daddy, maybe even the family to have an abortion so that she might protect her future or that the family might protect their name and their understanding in the community. Someone finds out the disease is back. The treatment didn't work and death is near. And instead of trusting in God's word and promise that he will continue to carry this saint all the way to the time when he takes them home, they buy into the pride-filled lie of having a dignified death and they seek euthanasia and what looks like the easy way out. Sinful, selfish pride always kills Hardly a day goes by that we don't see a rainbow flag or hear of a pride march. Sinful pride and human hubris take a deadly stand when people say that God has made a mistake or his word is wrong. 
It's the pinnacle of pride when we want to be identified by our sin and not by the identity that God has given to us when he washed us in holy baptism. The story of pride and anger is a part of Naaman's story. But it's a part of our story as well. But it is not the only story. His story and our story and the story of God's love and his mercy is completely woven together. Naaman's story and our story is the story of washing and healing and the power of God's word and his promises. Elisha, the prophet of God, gave a word to Naaman, wash and be clean. And after Naaman turned from his temper tantrum and returned back, he washed seven times in the Jordan and he was clean. His leprosy was gone. He was healed by the power and the promise of God's word directed to him by the servant of the prophet. God kept his promise. He was cured of his leprosy. By the power of God's word, he was delivered. And it was a simple little servant girl in the house that said that he should go see the prophet and he would be healed. And he was. And he was restored. Wash and be clean is a promise from God both for Naaman and for us. Jesus, the word of God, tells us. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. The word is clear. The word works. It's in this holy washing with water in God's word that washes away everything that would separate us from God's love and his mercy. Baptism connects us to that word. It connects us to his cross. Baptism covers us in the holiness of Christ. It gives us a new way to identify ourselves, not by our sin, but by Jesus' righteousness. Because baptism, which connects us to the cross, makes us children of God. We, all of us, baptized into his kingdom by the power of his word, are heirs of salvation. All of us, forgiven by the word, are God's children. We are redeemed. We are loved with an everlasting and an overpowering love. By the power of God's word, he works. He does the washing. He does the faithing. He does the healing and the forgiving by connecting us to what Jesus, the Word made flesh, did on the cross. Our healing stems from Jesus' Word. His Word of healing was given to you just before He gave up His life on the cross. We come back to this Word over and over again. It is finished. Your anger is forgiven. Your pride paid for by the blood of Jesus. Your abortion that you encouraged or went through forgiven by the love of Jesus for you. The same-sex attraction, the despising of your gender, and every other sin that you can think of were all forgiven by Christ on the cross and given as a gift to you. It's through that word from the cross That the word of Jesus on Easter morning makes so much sense to us. 
When Jesus appeared to those disciples that first Easter morning, they had run away, they had denied him, they were not believing in him, and Jesus stands in front of them, and by the power of the risen Christ and the first words that he says to them, they find hope, and so do we. Jesus stands in front of his disciples and says, Peace be with you. Their sins forgiven by Jesus When he appeared alive and well to his disciples, they saw the power of the word. The power of Jesus, the word of God, the logos of God, the son of God died and risen for them. Dear saints, we're covered in the word. Thy strong word cleaves into the darkness of our sin. And because of that, we're forgiven. Because of that, we're sons and daughters of the king. And his promise and his word does exactly what it says. It forgives and it gives peace. In the name of Jesus, amen. And now the peace that passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.